Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome to a special episode of the Outside Sales Talk podcast. This week, I wanted to answer some specific questions that I received from listeners about handling sales objections and especially price objections. We recently launched a field sales forum for outside salespeople to come together, exchange tips and tricks, and answer each other's questions. You can check that out at community.badgermaps.com if you're interested, um, or if you have any direct questions, you can ask them there. But I noticed in the forum that there were quite a few questions on sales objections specifically, things like how to handle and overcome price objections from a prospect, etc. And that's why I wanted to address this topic in more detail on a podcast here. First, let's, uh, let's talk about price objections. Over the years, I've seen that even reps who are great at overcoming most objections aren't really prepared to overcome price objections. No matter how experienced they are, really, it, it throw, a, a good price objection can throw you off your whole game. I wanted to show and talk about how you can overcome a price objection and walk away from a meeting with a deal in your pocket without discounting your price or losing a deal because you didn't have an answer when the customer said, this is too expensive for me. You probably already know that mastering price discussions is important, but did you know that almost six in 10 buyers want to discuss pricing on the very first call? And when there's a price, there will most likely always be price objections. At some point, a prospect is gonna ask, how much does this cost? And a, a key thing that a buyer is considering when evaluating your offer is the price to benefit trade-off. That being said, the least effective course of action you can take as a salesperson is to dive right in and answer the question. Rattling off figures and discounts is, is almost never a recipe for success. The best way to overcome a price objection is by not overcoming it. What I mean by that is if you anticipate the price objection and cover it during the sales call, you won't even have to overcome any objections about the price. So this is a general takeaway about how to be a, a, a better salesperson is don't wait for your prospect to raise objections. Not just for price, but for any objection. Raise it first and then deal with it. That way you own the objection and it's easier to overcome. In a sales meeting, one thing that you're really doing, and people don't usually think about it this way, but one thing you're really doing is lowering the prospect's resistance to your, to your message by addressing their objections and concerns throughout the meeting. You increase your credibility by bringing things up proactively. It really shows that you understand your prospect. They're saying in their minds, he understands. I was going to raise this with them anyway, and I, I really was concerned about the price. So I was going to talk about it, um, but I'm glad he brought it up. Uh, once a prospect has taken a stand and made an objection, it's an uphill battle to make them change their stance because you're already in an argumentative frame in your interaction. Also, if they raise the objection first, you come across as being defensive. And 
if you're giving explanations, you're not in the driver's seat and you've lost control of the interaction. So instead, try to anticipate the pricing objection and bring it up first. Let's talk about the specific steps to anticipate and handle the objection before a prospect brings it up. First, you bring up the objection and empathize. You can say something like, a lot of people ask about the price and that's always an important thing to talk about. Second, let them know that you can resolve the objection by focusing on the value of the product. For example, you could say, once a sales team is using this, the value is really clear. But like a lot of things in life, until it's up and running, there are always a lot of questions. Demonstrate why the price is appropriate, taking into account where the prospect is coming from. If you know through your pre-call that the customer has decided to buy something, but they're deciding between you and your competitors, then how you play this part is different than if you discovered in your pre-call that they're trying to decide between buying you or doing nothing. So if you're against competitors, if you're in a situation where you find yourself up against a low-cost competitor, maybe your response would be, well, although our price is initially higher, our product costs less and less over time because it does more, works better, and integrates with the other systems. So you get a lot more value out of it. When you, say, when you see the two products next to each other, it's pretty clear why the total cost over time is lower and what you get out of my product is worth a lot more. Let me show you how. So that's different than if your competitor is uh, doing nothing, which is, you know, often you find yourself up against the option of doing nothing, that the prospect's trying to decide between you and they're not gonna do anything. It's your job to show how much they won't gain if they don't do your, don't go in your direction. How do you do that? Instead of positioning as how much they won't gain, position it as how much they will lose. You always want to position things as a loss instead of a potential gain. And this, many studies show that for some reason people hate losing things, but they aren't as bothered about giving up potential gains. And so think about that. I mean, we, we all, it's a weird thing, it's a weird way to look at it, but we all do it and it causes us to make irrational decisions in our lives and as buyers, but, but it's, it's, this is human psychology, right? So if, if you can position yourself as, not as, oh, if you do X, Y, Z, you will get, you know, 20% more. Instead, if you can position it as, if you do X, Y, Z, you being, you, you, you know, buy my product, you won't lose 20% and, and you'll, you'll get more sales that way. Anyway, if you're up against the do nothing option, you need to show the return in cash that they will lose if they don't buy your product. ROI is a great way to calculate this. So you can show them on a dollar value what they will be losing every month if they don't use your product. If it's far greater than the cost, then a rational buyer would buy your product, right? Finally, as a last step, after you've made your point, verify that you've overcome the objection. Make sure that you get the nod that the price is appropriate, right? So you can ask, does this sound right, given this analysis, that your organization is losing $20,000 a month by not having this solution in place? And if, the, if your prospect's nodding their head and your service costs $2,000 a month, you've basically got the sale on the bag, right? Now we've 
answered your question about how to overcome a price objection by anticipating it in a pretty detailed way. However, keep in mind that sometimes when prospects bring up price objections, they actually could have another objection in mind that they aren't even telling you. So it's really important to understand the true nature of their objection. When someone objects to your price, there are actually four objections that could actually be the true objection behind it. Number one, the objection is that you have not shown that your product is valuable. Number two, that there are cheaper substitutes to your product. Number three, that they're afraid to spend that much money on a product or solution that is risky. Or number four, that one of the toughest ones, they, they really just don't have the money. So those are, the, those are the, the four objections that could be the real objection behind it. So let's talk about how to, how to overcome them. So the first one, people, people could mean when they say your product's too expensive that what they're actually saying is, I don't think your product is valuable enough to justify the price. This means you just haven't done a good enough job showing the true value of your product. To do this, first you verify that you understand the customer's problem. Then, show them how your solution solves the problem. And finally, quantify what solving the problem is worth to the customer and get their buy-in and their numbers to come to a value for your solution. The second thing, the second thing that this objection could mean is they think there might be a cheaper substitute for your product. The key to overcoming this objection is to know your industry and know your competitors. If your product is truly commoditized, for example, you're selling bushel, bushels of corn and the other guy's corn is the same as your corn and it's hard to sell your corn for more money than the, the other salesperson is selling their corn for. Most people aren't selling corn though, so this is when you, you have to know your product, will, you have to know why your product will create more business value or be less risky to use than another product. You need to be an expert in your competitors' products, you need to know their weaknesses. That way you can clearly describe why your product works better or what specific features it has that your competitor doesn't have. Also, it's useful to know the risks to some of your competitors' products so you can point it out to your, your prospect. When a customer switches from our competitors to us, I keep track of all the problems they experienced and in that way, I know where the, pit, where the pitfalls of my competitors are. It's also a great strategy to try to quantify the value of your unique value propositions or quantify the, ri the risks and the pitfalls that they would experience going with the competitor. So that's another thing that you can try to do to, to handle these. The third thing that people could mean when they say that your product is too expensive is that the prospect is afraid to spend that much money on a product or solution of this nature because it's so risky to them. Think about things from your buyer's perspective, right? If they spend all this money on something that doesn't work, they could get egg all over their face. They could get demoted. They could even be fired, right? You, you know that the solution that you're selling is great, but they don't. So it's your job to make them feel secure and safe that your solution is going to work for them as advertised. One way to lower the risk for your prospects is to leverage testimonials from your current customers. You can introduce them to people that are really similar to them who have 
they've had a great experience with your solution. Maybe you introduce them to someone who's in the same industry, the same town, the same business, in their network or some organization that they're in. It can be anything, right? But you can really reduce the risk that they feel by making these introductions to people, real people, who are like them, who are using your product successfully. The fourth thing that people could mean when they say that your product is too expensive is, is well, this is probably one of, the, one of the hardest objections to overcome, and that is that they really don't have the money. This is hard because sometimes people will tell you that they don't have the money when they really do, and you have to use your judgment on that. But if someone really doesn't have the money for your service, you need to know what your options are. How can you help them purchase the solution even if they don't have the money on hand? Um, a good example of this, if you know your service will be paying for itself after the first two months, give them the two months free. When I worked at IBM, um, you know, we, we, we would bring in partners who had some very flexible financing terms like monthly payments, balloon payments, all kinds of stuff like that. Financing terms can be a way to get over this pricing objection. You know, the other thing, if, if they really don't have the money right now, but they do have some money, you know, you could do a deal, you know, you, you, you could give them a discount. I never give discounts. I make a, a, I will make occasional adjustments to my prices. The difference, what, what's the difference there? The difference between a discount and an adjustment is that a discount is just me lowering the price. And it says, uh, it says something to a customer. It says, I was charging you too much in the first place. Whereas an adjustment, is where I lower the price in exchange for you doing something for me. It's a give to get, just like anything in a negotiation. So when is an adjustment appropriate? It depends on your business and what you want. Do you want them to agree to be a reference or do a case study? Do you want a three-year or some other long-term commitment? Do you want them to pay up front for some period of time? Do you want them to commit to a minimum quantity of purchases over a given period of time? Or, or is there some other way to work out a win-win situation? But remember, a, a price adjustment should always be a win-win, where a discount, you're just like, sure, I'll sell this to you for cheaper, and, and that's, not, that's not the same thing. Another thought on that, you know, why do I think you shouldn't offer discounts? Well, if you offer a, a, if you offer a discount, the customer really sees that, if a customer sees that, oh, it was so easy to get the new off their price, they feel like you're trying to rip them off, right? Like if you just drop your price, you lose all your credibility. The prospect also will probably feel like you could drop it even more, right? So think about negotiations as wringing out a wet towel. And <laughs> when you're, the salesperson in this analogy, by the way, is the wet towel and the water is the money, right? So if you're, up, if you're negotiating with someone in procurement or something, when are they gonna start stop wringing out you as the, as the wet towel? Well, when it, sto when it stops giving water. I mean, when do you stop wringing out a wet, wet towel? When you've given a good squeeze and it's not giving water, right? So until you say no, they're gonna keep squeezing, bottom line. So instead of offering discounts, work to uncover the origin of the price objection first, which we've just talked exactly about how you can do this and how to break it down. And you have to figure out what they mean when they're really saying, the price is too high for us to move forward right now. And if they really don't make the money, you can always make adjustments rather than giving a discount. I hope you found these tips useful and I hope they help you in the future in overcoming price objections. 
let me know, let us know at, uh, you know, if you'd like any other questions directly answered in this format, I'm happy to do it. You know, I can answer things in detail here on the show. Email me at feedback at outsidesalestalk.com. That's feedback at outsidesalestalk.com. And I personally read every email. If you like the podcast, please subscribe to it and leave a review. It really helps us spread the word and get more outside salespeople like you to find out about us and, and, uh, and, and learn this stuff, which hopefully is super useful to them. So take care, guys, and until next week. <laughs>